Welcome to Discovering the Jewish Jesus. I'm your host, Dustin Roberts, and today our Bible teacher, Rabbi Schneider, will present a message on the keys to breakthrough. Do you rely on God when things get tough? Or do you try to solve your problems in your own strength? Well, today Rabbi Schneider reveals how we can confidently rely on God to be the stronghold of our lives, even in the middle of the toughest situations. If you missed the opening part of this transformative series, learn how you can catch up online at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. But now with a message titled, Cling to God, here is Rabbi Schneider. Years ago, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and he said to me, from this day forward, I'm going to cause you to see deep into the pages of the Hebrew Bible to make modern day application for my people today. So with that in mind, we're going to go now to the book of 2 Samuel, where we'll be picking up in chapter number 5, verses number 17 through 25. Hear the word of God. 2 Samuel 5, beginning there in verse number 17. When the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel, all the Philistines went up to seek out David. And when David heard of it, he went down to the stronghold. As soon as the enemy, the Philistines, saw that David was anointed, they immediately attacked him. You see, when you're anointed supernaturally, you will attract the enemy. We have to understand that we're in a war. And when you start moving forward in the things of God, listen, the enemy is going to resist you. The Bible tells us not to be ignorant of the schemes of the devil. We need to understand, like Paul said, that we're in a war and that our fight is not against flesh and blood, but against forces of spiritual wickedness and darkness. The enemy, listen, he resists the move of God. And if you're part of the move of God, you're going to encounter supernatural resistance. And when you understand this, when you encounter resistance, you'll be able to continue to move through it successfully as opposed to not understanding what's going on and giving up. You see, Peter tells us, don't think it's strange when you encounter trials. This is the natural momentum of God's purposes in your life. Even Jesus, as soon as he was announced the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world in the Gospel of John chapter 1, as soon as he was revealed as the anointed one, what's the next thing that happened in Jesus' life? He was led into the wilderness, listen now, to be tempted by the devil for 40 days and 40 nights. Hear me. When David realized that he was under attack because he was anointed, he didn't just sit there waiting for God to stop the attack but he did something about it. And so the scripture says there in verse 17 that when David heard of it, when he heard the Philistines were now out to attack him, listen, he went down to the stronghold. You see, motion changes things. He did something rather than staying in a passive state. He didn't just say, oh Lord, I'm under attack. 
No, he got active. He went down to the stronghold, which comes from the Hebrew word metsuda, which means place of defense or castle. And then when he went down to the stronghold, he dug down deep in the word of the Lord. He encouraged himself in the word of God. He prayed. He talked to God. He trusted God. He looked to God for a strategy. He responded to the attack of the enemy by becoming aggressive. And listen, if you're going to get breakthrough in your life, you're going to have to get aggressive. And this is going to become even clearer as we continue on, beloved ones, with the Word of God today. So once again, motion changes things. Motion changes emotion. In other words, if you're feeling down, what do you do? Do something. We don't just sit there and say, oh, I'm being under attack. No, we feed ourselves on the Word of God. We go down to the stronghold. We dig deep down into the Word of the Lord and into His presence and spirit. Oftentimes, it's as simple as getting up, going for a walk, going to work, doing something because motion changes emotion and it changes the spiritual atmosphere around your life. You see, it's good to know, beloved friends, listen, that we have a choice. We do have a will. And so when we're under attack, we can choose to respond to it. And as we engage in responding and become proactive rather than passive, we're going to change the atmosphere because greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. But we need to respond from the inside. Let's continue on. Verse 18. David went down to the stronghold. Then in verse 18. Now the Philistines came and spread themselves out in the valley of Rephaim. So this is important to understand. When the Philistines or the enemy came to attack David, listen now, they didn't just attack him in one way, but they spread themselves out. They surrounded him. And so the enemy was attacking David in many ways. Let's listen to that verse again, verse 18. Now the Philistines came, get it now, and spread themselves out in the valley of Rephaim. Sometimes what happens is the enemy attacks us one way, and then as soon as we are able to get victory in that way, let's assume, for example, that the enemy attacks by putting a thought in our mind that begins to cause us anxiety. And then we talk to the Lord. Maybe we talk to a friend or spouse. And as we look to the Lord, get into his word, talk to a friend or spouse about that thought that Satan put into our minds that was making us anxious, we're able to get victory over it. But what does the devil do now? He tries to come in through another thought that might be totally unrelated. In other words, maybe first, when you're under attack, the enemy begins to put fear in your mind about your health. And then you get into God's word, you get strong, and you're able to break off that fear about your health. But now, as soon as you get victory in that area, 10, 15 minutes later, the enemy puts a thought in your mind trying to cause you to get anxiety and put you in fear about your finances. And then maybe you get into the word of God, think that through, pray, and you get victory over that thought, fear of your finances. Maybe then another hour later, the devil starts to put a tormenting thought in your mind about a relationship somewhere that you're disturbed about. The point that I'm making is, is that when you realize that first the devil's putting this thought in your mind that's causing you fear, then he puts another thought that's unrelated in your mind that starts causing mental torment. Then another day goes by, he puts another thought in your mind, totally different type of thought. Realize you're under attack and the devil is doing to you through your mind, which is the primary place that he operates, he's doing to you the same thing that he did to David. He spread himself out and surrounded David. You see, the point is that when we realize what's happening, we can stop it. If we just 
sit there and just, oh, you know, we're anxious and we're upset. If we just sit there in that passive state, we're going to remain victims. But if we realize we're under attack and then aggressively say, this is demonic, this is an attack from the devil. I reject you, Satan. Get out of my head. And we cut him off. Then what's going to happen is we're going to ascend into the victory and learn how to remain in a place that we're clinging to God and walking and remaining in his victory in the spirit. So once again, we're looking at keys to breakthrough. The first thing that we realize is that when you're walking in the anointing, when you're making progress in God, you should expect opposition. We see it here in the life of David. The same thing happened when Moses was born. What happened when Moses was born? The Pharaoh heard that the child had been born that was going to be a deliverer. What did Pharaoh try to do? He tried to kill every firstborn Hebrew child under the age, right, of a certain age. What happened when Jesus was born? Same thing. The king tried to eliminate the Hebrew children because he heard the Messiah was born. Same thing, beloved one, is true today. When the devil sees you're anointed, when he realizes that you're empowered in the spirit, when he sees you moving forward in God, he is going to resist and try to stop the move of God in your life. So get ready, dig yourself in. Then we saw that oftentimes the way that the enemy tries to stop us is not singularly dimensional, but multidimensional. The Philistines spread themselves out around David, looking to attack him from many different ways. Even with Jesus, what happened? Jesus is led into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil for 40 days and 40 nights. First, the devil comes at him this way. Then the devil comes at him from another angle. Then the devil comes at him from another angle. Finally, when the devil can't defeat Jesus, the scripture tells us, then the devil left him to look for a more opportune time. So we realize we have an enemy. He's looking for ways in and he tries to get in multidimensionally but I want you to hear me. There's nothing to be afraid of because greater is he that's in you once again than he that's in the world. Don't be ignorant of the schemes of the devil. When you understand the nature of the battle and that you're in a battle, you'll be able to walk in victory. You're listening to Discovering the Jewish Jesus, and we're excited to be celebrating Partner Month. Now let's take a moment to share some encouraging testimonies that Rabbi has prepared just for you. Beloved, I'm an evangelist. And I love it when I can reach Jewish people with the gospel. I recently received this testimony from a Jewish person. Born Jewish, I love listening to Rabbi. I'm learning that Jesus is Jewish and not just for Gentiles. Thank you, Rabbi. I received Jesus. I mean, I don't know, that just melts my heart. Here's another one. We were in Israel ministering to 500 Jewish people that didn't know the Lord. Here's the testimony that we got from one of those that were there. Honestly. How do I express this? I just started crying. I feel him with my heart. I want to thank you, my monthly partners, and know that without your love and financial support, I wouldn't have received any of these testimonies. Amen. And if this has touched you, please consider partnering with us. And now let's get back to the message once again. Let's continue on. Verse number 19, then David inquired of the Lord. So once again, David is anointed. Immediately, the Philistines begin to launch an attack against him. When David realizes he's under attack, he goes down to the stronghold, taking from the Hebrew word metsudah, which means castle or place of defense, and he begins to call upon God there. He gets in an aggressive posture of prayer and encouraging himself in the Lord, clinging to God. So listen again, verse 19, then David 
inquire to the Lord. So David didn't just rush into battle against the Philistines, but instead what he did first was, listen, he grounded himself in God. Jesus said, listen, if you abide in me, you will bear much fruit. We need to be grounded in the Lord. We need to be grounded in the spirit. We need to be grounded in the word. We can't just try to fight the battle on our own. David went into the stronghold. Listen, then he inquired of the Lord. So I want to encourage you, put Jesus as Lord of your heart. Make him Lord in your thoughts. Rely on him, cling to him, trust him. Go to him first before you go on the counter offense. Put yourself in the stronghold of God, his word and his spirit. Then David inquired of the Lord saying, shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you give them into my hand? David here, listen to me. He was clinging to God. He went down into the stronghold, listen, and then church, he clung to God. He wasn't in the flesh. He was clinging to God. His strength was the Lord's strength in him and through him, which I'm going to show you in a marvelous way in a moment. Years ago, I came to a crisis point in my life and my faith in Jesus. Let me tell you what happened. This is going back over 10 years ago. In the early days of my walk in God, I was so in love with God, so in love with his word, and I read all these incredible promises in his word that motivated me and inspired me and gave me such hope and gave me such vision for my life. For example, some of the promises that really inspired me, beloved one, were these. Jesus said, if the Son shall set you free, you shall be free indeed. And I thought about that total freedom, and I thought about the highest moments of my life. I thought about the times in my life where I experienced the most bliss, the highest times of ecstasy, you know, the times in my life that were most fulfilling. I remember years ago when I was such a committed athlete in the sport of wrestling, I wrestled all through high school and got a small scholarship to college. And I remember during those years, I would lay in my bed at night and imagine myself becoming state champ and I imagine myself with the referee holding up my hand as state champ in victory, and chills would go through my body. I mean, just such an incredible feeling came over me of achieving that goal, of climbing that mountain, of getting to the top of that mountain. And so when Jesus said, if the Son shall make you free, you shall be free indeed, that's what it reminded me of, that Jesus was going to raise me up to a place of victory in the Spirit, where I'd have such peace, such bliss in Him. You know, the scripture says in the book of Ephesians that we've been raised with Christ and seated with him in the heavenly places. And then we read in Paul's writings that we're more than conquerors, that we overwhelmingly conquer through all these things, that we're to be lights on a hill, that when people see us, they'll say, wow, and they'll look up to Father God and want to have a relationship with them. So I saw all these promises in God's word, and these promises really motivated me. But the problem was that when I looked around at the lives of so many people that named the name of Jesus, that called themselves Christian, I didn't see any of the victory that I was looking for in my own life. In other words, they didn't seem free. They didn't seem like they were victorious, but rather they seemed beaten down. And they seemed like they were continually walking in defeat. Now, all of us struggle and we go through challenges, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about people that name the name of Jesus, that were Christians, but yet it seemed like every area of their life was in defeat constantly. And I got to the place where I said, Lord, 
I can't go on anymore because what your word says should be the reality of our life isn't the reality that I'm seeing in so many people, Father God, that are calling themselves your children and calling themselves Christians. Your word says that greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world, that we're more than conquerors. But I said, Father, when I look around at the lives of those that say they're yours, it doesn't seem like they have any victory in their lives. And I said, Father God, if you haven't done it for them, how can I have confidence that you're going to do it for me? I said, I need an answer to this. I can't go on anymore without an answer. For such a long time, I just kind of disconnected myself from the reality that so many of God's people were living in defeat because I couldn't handle facing it. But finally, I came to the place where I couldn't hide from it any longer. I said, Lord, I said, Father, until I have an answer as to why this is, why there's such a discrepancy between what your word says we should have versus what so many Christians are walking in, until I understand why this is, I can't go on because if you're not doing it for them, I can't trust you to do it for me. And so I just resolved in my spirit that I was just going to wait on God until I had an answer. And so this went on for several days. I was just waiting on God, sad in my heart, but somehow knowing that God was going to answer me. And after waiting on him for several days, suddenly I was driving out of a parking lot and the Holy Spirit spoke to me vividly. And he said this to me. It was as clear as a bell in my inner man. And he said to me, the reason you're seeing what you're seeing is because my people are not trusting me. But when he said the word trusting me, it was filled with the meaning that was different than I ever considered before when I thought of the word trust. Again, the Holy Spirit said to me, the reason that you're seeing what you're seeing, the reason you're seeing so many Christians living in defeat is because they're not trusting me. But when he said the word trusting me, it was filled with the Spirit of God with the revelation of what he meant by trusting him. And what he meant was that God's people, listen now, are not clinging to him. That God's people are not clinging to him. He said the word trust, but when he said the word trust, it was filled with the meaning of the word clinging. You see, we need to cling to God, but too many people that call themselves believers, they're not clinging to God. God may be a part of their lives, but they're not clinging to Him. They're going into the world by themselves. They're relying on their own mechanisms. They're trusting in their own security blankets. But God's saying, if you don't cling to me, if you don't depend on me, like Paul said, when I am weak, then I am strong. You see, if we're not clinging to God, we're not going to have power in the world to overcome the devil. I want you to know, unless you and I cling to God, we're going to fall on our face. We need to stop and cling to God. We need to not just be going by the momentum of our flesh and of our soul. We need to stop, pause, and cling to God. Again, Jesus said, if you abide in me, you'll bear much fruit. I want to ask you, is the fear of the Lord in your heart? Do you realize that without him, you'll fail? Beloved, if we want breakthrough in our life, we need to be afraid to go on without him. Moses said, unless you go with me, I will not go. Beloved one, the key for breakthrough that I want to leave with you today is this. We must cling to God.
That's the key takeaway from today's message from Rabbi Schneider and here on Discovering the Jewish Jesus. To learn more about this topic or our nonprofit ministry, visit us online at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. And also on our website, we've created a treasury of messianic content that you can explore. We believe these episodes and resources will help you view scripture through the proper lens. It'll enrich your life, and I think it'll strengthen in your faith too. Once again, you'll find these resources and so much more online when you visit us at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. And as you embark on your path of discovering the Jewish history and the heritage of your Christian faith, we want to invite you to join with us this year as we continue to share how the Old and the New Testaments connect. It's the faithful support of our monthly partners that makes this possible. When you come alongside us in faith, your monthly support will connect men and women all over the world with the good news of Jesus. Rabbi? Beloved one, time is short and we're doing everything that we can do to get the gospel out to reach as many people as we can before Yeshua's return. Not only that, but there are so many hurting people out there that are lost and confused and need an answer. One of the things that I'm really excited about is that we recently launched on an application in which our program, Discovering the Jewish Jesus, is in the hands of over 400,000 inmates, those that are incarcerated, on a tablet. And so we're reaching people through every and all means. In fact, our program's translated now in Russian and Spanish. We're in all types of electronic devices and, and outlets. But beloved, I need your help to do these things. This is monthly partner month at Discovering the Jewish Jesus. I am urging you. If you're being helped by this ministry and you feel the Holy Spirit bearing witness with your heart right now, please become a monthly partner today. You can take a step of faith right now to become a monthly partner by sending your monthly gift in the mail to Discovering the Jewish Jesus, P.O. Box 777, Blissfield, Michigan, 49228. You can also sign up to automate your monthly giving online at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. And you can also ask to become a monthly partner when you call us at 800-777-7835. That's 800-777-7835. And as our way of saying thank you for your generous financial support, we'll send you Rabbi Schneider's Message of the Month. It's available as a digital download. We'll also send you a copy of our latest newsletter. Our newsletter, it highlights our widespread outreach. It includes our on-the-ground ministries like our overseas crusades and our prison ministries, which supply chaplains with Bibles, rabbis' books, and plenty of teaching materials. And then for our brand new monthly partners, we have an additional gift of appreciation, a handmade shofar crafted with love and care straight from the Holy Land. It's a beautiful instrument, and we look forward to partnering with you. But now, it's our tradition to close with a special blessing, and no program would be complete without it. So here is Rabbi to share those sacred and heartfelt words. What I love about the Aaronic blessing is that it did not originate with man. The words actually proceeded from the very essence of God himself. The blessing comes from the book of Numbers, chapter 6. So listen to these words and receive the blessing of the Lord into your life today. 
The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift you up with his countenance and the Lord give you, beloved one, his peace. God bless you and shalom. Discovering the Jewish Jesus is a production of Shalom Ministries and I'm your host, Dustin Roberts. Join us again tomorrow when Rabbi Schneider explains why we sometimes need to get mad. That's Tuesday on Discovering the Jewish Jesus.